0: Hello welcome to T-Hanks for the Memories, I'm your host Darren. Today we're going to be talking about uh, Saving Private Ryan. Uh, one of the many films of the last decade where people have lost themselves to Matt Damon. And they've got to go get him back. Um, <laughs> it was released on the 24th of July, 1998. Uh, Tom has been recently on a streak of having films come out around the 4th of July. I guess they, you know, they didn't want to be too patriotic with this one. Um, it was the highest grossing film of 1998. Um, so we could call that a success. 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, 95% from the audience on Rotten Tomatoes, 86 on IMDb. Uh, Tom didn't win the Oscar. It went to Roberto Benigni, who, of course, is a joke. Uh, that was just, I don't know what they were thinking. I mean, you know. But uh, interesting that year that three of the uh, pictures that were nominated for Best Film um, were set in World War Two. It was a very <laughs> World War II heavy year. The other two films were set in the Elizabethan period. Uh, so there you go, Oscar fans. Um, of course, f- Steven Spielberg won Best Director. And so, you know, congratulations, Steven. This is the first time that he's working with Tom Hanks. Um, although he had produced The Money Pit, I think. Um, oh. That was like an Amblin production. Um, so this is not the first time that they've worked together technically, but, um, you know... Uh, Unfortunately, due to Armistad Tom Hanks does not get to launch yet another studio Um, He launched Pixar with Toy Story He launched Touchstone with Splash Uh, This is the second film for DreamWorks That Steven Spielberg is doing So, yeah I mean, 1997 was a weird year for Steven Spielberg Armistad and Jurassic Park 2 I mean, an odd combination (laughs) Uh, Tom, of course, is getting top billing On the poster, he's got the biggest head um, you know, of all these many floating heads, um, and this was nominated for everything. Golden Globe, BAFTA, the MTV Movie Award, uh, it won the Blockbuster Entertainment Award. It didn't win, I mean, it won a few Oscars, you know, Best Director and a couple of other ones, but, you know, it could, probably could have been winning a few more. Personally, I think this is a better performance than anything Robert Bernini has done in his life, but, you know, we'll get into that with my guests, which are, uh, Robin Burge. Hello, Robin. Yeah, I thought we were talking about Shakespeare and Love. Uh, no, no, best picture that year, and Brian Lockhart. <laughs> I know that's the, I mean, we don't want to get too much into that because we'll end up in the weeds with the Weinsteins. Uh, and Brian Lockhart, hello, Brian. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I mean, it's kind of interesting because you know, this that, like this idea came about with Robert Rodat in like, I don't know, like 1994. He spent a couple of years developing it. It is, I mean. Uh, it's kind of based on a true story but not kind of the i mean there's a there's a there's a letter that gets mentioned in this film about five people dying in a war and someone writing a letter that turns out not to be completely correct because only two people died one of them deserted and the other the other two survived so <laughs> it was a nice letter but it's not completely accurate but you know there is this uh, there is this thing where it was kind of like based on the Nyland brothers uh, who were four brothers who fought in World War 2 Um, And I think, um, you know, three of them were dead and then one of them was missing and he was the only one who survived the war. He ended up as a POW for a couple of years. And that kind of inspired uh, Robert Rodat to be like, you know, this is an interesting idea. Uh, Mark Gordon was um, kind of on board for producing it to start off with. Um, you know, uh, as part of his uh, mutual film company. Um, and then, you know, uh, DreamWorks and Paramount kind of got involved. And obviously it also gets the ambling thing. But the interesting thing about this film is the, aside from the words Saving Private Ryan, which are underlined at the beginning, that's it. That's the, like, there's no, like, pre-credits. It's, it's you know, it, that's the only introduction you get. Um, which Which is weird because I'm sure in kind of like the early 2000s, that became a thing where films just started with just the title and nothing else. And then the film just started. Um, and kind of, you know, the there's a bit of a lost art of like kind of opening credits um, from like the early 2000s.
1: Well, the movie is uh, uh, so.
0: really long. So it's like, let's get into it. <laughs> or it'll be even longer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 169 minutes. It is. Uh, what I find funny is like um, uh, when, I, when I saw it at the cinema, uh, it didn't come out over here in... In the July, it came out in um, September. Um, I saw it on the Tuesday after it opened, which was um, the fifteenth of September, uh, because it was Bargain Tuesday, which meant it was only three pounds. So I was like, "Well, this is it." that You know, that back in the day, that's when I saw most of my films it was on Tuesdays because they were cheap. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I went with a friend. There wasn't any kind of you couldn't like pre-book seats or anything. So we got there a little bit late, and we were. On, it was the biggest screen in the cinema. And we were like four rows from the front. And that is, yeah, it's very like, that's very close to be for a film that is this long. You were on Omaha beach watching the movie. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, it was very immersive, um, but it's just one of those things where it's like, it was, and the the weirdest thing is as well, there was kind of like a direction from the studio to be like, to cinema, you know, cinema um, distributors and stuff, uh, turn the volume up, like really, you know, the, and, and they did, and it was very loud, and it was Oof. you know that that first kind of like half hour, it was extremely <laughs> disorientating being that close to the screen. yeah, um and I would say, in all honesty, like obviously that's the first time I saw it. Uh, today was the second time I saw it because I haven't watched it since I saw it at the cinema. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. I I was trying to think to myself, I was thinking, did I, have I rewatched this? And I I don't think I've, I just don't, I just don't, I haven't, I, you know. Any reason why? Um, I think once I, I, well, uh, well, here's the thing, I don't own it on DVD. Um, um i in fact i don't really uh, uh, given that i have a tom hanks podcast i don't own that many tom hanks dvds (laughs) i've got big and punchline and then i've got um road to perdition and lady killers lady killers is because of the coen brothers not because of tom hanks Mm -hmm. um and then i think i've got cash me if you can and i cash me if you can and munich are the only two spielberg films i own as well wow yeah yeah so I mean, I might at some point uh, you know purchase this on d v d i think when it was i think when it was first out, it was always very expensive. It was always like twelve thirteen pounds, and I was like i'm I mean I enjoyed it, but I don't think I enjoyed it that much, <laughs> and I think I was probably waiting for it to like be part of a sale or something, and it just never happened um so you know this is the first time kind of rewatching it um but i mean i I would say it's a fairly memorable film, like you know uh, once you've seen it, I think you kind oh. of you know.
1: You, you yeah, I definitely it. think it's a it's memorable for sure,
0: and also I think it's the thing with it as well is it's so kind of kind of been you know immersed into the zeitgeist. You know the 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 stuff from Omaha Beach has been kind of parodied in stuff in other films and tv shows and stuff and you know like it's just because it's something where people you know the kind of even the even the final words that are kind of spoken by um tom hanks's characters have been kind of parodied a little bit and stuff and, and so it, like it, I, it feels like i didn't need to revisit it but then re-watching it i was like yeah this is a very very good film <laughs> i should have rewatched it sooner um uh, so when was the first time that you recall watching it i'm gonna start with robin i'm certain i saw this in the theater uh, this was a big, I, 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 try to catch all the Steven Spielberg movies in the theater. This was huge, you know, um, this is just definitely one of those. You're like, yeah, I got to see this one in the theater. It's especially just knowing that it's going to be, you know, the, the D-Day invasion and how much hype was around, how like immersive that is. Um, uh, yeah, definitely saw it in the theater.
1: I, I actually didn't, I didn't. In 1997, I was in, uh, I was in the United States Marine Corps and I had a very funny relationship, I guess, with military movies. Um, you know, I, I, I partly joined the Marine Corps because of a military movie. <laughs> you know, Heartbreak Ridge was something I watched over and over again. And I'm like, you know, who, who doesn't want to be a badass Marine like Clint Eastwood or you know Mario Van Peebles? However, when I was watching movies at the time, like I hated the TV show Jag that was out then. And I was like, this is the dumbest piece of garbage I've ever seen. <laughs> And I actually love it now. It's one of my favorite <laughs> shows. But at the time, I was such a like, snob when it came to military movies, and I had no desire to watch Private Ryan. So anyways, I was—I um, just didn't go. May, like None of my friends went. My roommate, we didn't go. But we had access to pay-per-view channels for free in the barracks, let's just say. <laughs> it was just always on. And so we would be flipping through, looking for something to watch, and we're like, "Oh, look, it's the Saving Private Ryan channel," because it would be played twenty four seven. And we still wouldn't watch it. It would just, wow. but sometimes we'd land on it and watch a scene, and then from there we were just like, "Hey, this looks like a pretty decent movie." And we just all sat there and watched it one day. <laughs> and we're like, "How did we miss like the boat on this? Like, this is a great film." <laughs> but I actually don't rewatch it that often because if I'm going to rewatch a World War II Spielberg. Tom Hanks collaboration I'm gonna watch um Band of Brothers I, I just I prefer that I think it's so so good so re-watching it last night in order to prepare for this I'm like yeah I, I need to watch this more often
0: <laughs> I mean we should say obviously um you know uh, Stephen is working with his his regulars um you know John Williams obviously is doing the music and it's a it's a very subtle score like there's not I mean you know a lot of it is sound design really you know if you're in the middle of a battle. You know, there's no stirring strings or anything like that. It's, um, you know, and and it's worth saying as well that when kind of Spielberg was approached to direct this, he had an idea of being like, uh, you know, like a boy's own adventure type thing. And then he started speaking to veterans and he was like, no, that would be a terrible way to do this film. (laughs) And so he kind of uh, kind of did a more obviously realistic approach. um, And, you know, to make it look more realistic, uh, you know, Janusz uh, Kaminski, his you know regular cinematographer, um, he did like a, a bleach bypass. Uh, a similar thing was done with um, Three Kings as well, which obviously another war movie. Um, and I think also Jarhead did the same thing. And I, I, I yeah. guess it just became like you know there was like ten years where it was like everyone was doing bleach bypasses. Yeah. Um, you know to get like a specific look. Um, but he also you know for the you know for the the battle scene, which obviously we'll start talking about in a, in a moment. Um, he kind of messed with some of the camera shutter speeds and stuff like that and you know just to kind of give it a more kind of um you know uh, kind of stuttery approach and stuff like that so that you know they they kind of I mean once once we get out of the battle stuff at the beginning most of the cinema, cinematography is kind of conventional <laughs> so um but yeah in that particular scene uh, you know the film shot for something like uh I think it was like 59 days um 25 was spent on the um, Omaha Beach Battle <laughs> right. um, and that, that thing runs for about 25 minutes so they spent about a day like per minute on screen um, and apparently it consists of roughly 400 shots so there's a cut roughly every 7 seconds wow. um, and yeah so you know like it's something that I don't think like Spielberg had really kind of done before like you know he's it's. I mean you know obviously as a director he's kind of tried different things uh, he tried a lot of things to get nominated for Oscars like you know <laughs> Color Purple and, and that thing with Christian Bale, Emperor's son, like, you know, like mm. he's he tried like different things to kind of, you know, bait the Oscars and he never quite got there. Um, and I think with this, you know, obviously his approach was just like, I'm just going to do like a realistic, you know, I'm not going to bother trying to make it look like a kind of Hollywood movie. And, you know, I think it kind of works, you know, like the kind of the intimacy of it is, is what kind of sells the whole thing. Um, though obviously i 've never been in the military, so i don 't know I mean <laughs> could just a boy fake but